0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Teaching Literacy Podcast. It is very good, again, to be back. Uh, This is part three of a three-part series. I started it last December and didn't anticipate it would take me to May to get the third one put out, but here we are. In December, what I framed the three parts of these episodes as is I wanted to talk just a little bit about comprehension, models of comprehension, and, and different ways of thinking about how we teach students to make sense of text. So in that first episode, I talked specifically about things like the reading rope and the simple view of reading, uh, very popular and commonly held models of how how students uh, understand text. And I said, these are the things that they afford. And these are the things where there might be some limitations or some drawbacks. And again, all that is just from my personal read of the literature. Then part two was I talked about the model of comprehension that I find most beneficial in truly understanding how kids actually make sense of text, not necessarily the ingredients that get them to that point with the text processing aspects, but past processing the text when it's just the brain understanding what is written, um, how the brain makes meaning. And that's Kinch's construction integration model, which I talked about in the last episode. Uh, And I also talked about a little bit how it connects to the Common Core State Standards. So this is part three. And in part three, I wanted to specifically talk about comprehension strategies and i've I've titled this episode the good, the Bad, and the Ugly and the reason I titled it that way is simply because there's a lot of nuance to comprehension strategies and there's there's some good there's some not so good and there's some ugly is a strong word, but there's some some aspects of it that uh, kind of muddy the waters more than than add clarification so where where I'm going to take this episode I'm going to talk about each of those things in turn but before that I want to provide. Just a little introduction to strategy instruction. Where did this thing called strategy instruction come about? And by strategy instruction, I mean things like teaching kids to make inferences, to retell the text back to them, to uh, monitor their thinking. And if there's something that they don't understand, to use some sort of fix-up strategy. Uh, Those those types of things are what I'm sort of terming as, as strategy instruction or comprehension strategies There's several different names for it in the literature. So let's talk about some of the history of strategy, comprehension strategy instruction. Um, My mentor, Dr. Kit Moore, I've heard her say multiple times that the 80s was the decade for for reading comprehension research. And not to say there's not ongoing reading comprehension research, but there was a lot of of pivoting that happened of understanding of, of more of a shift to more cognitive ways of thinking about how students make sense of text. And this is how this is where the comprehension strategy literature came from. Here's sort of the progression of it is uh, part of the research during that decade was interested in asking the question of what are the things that good readers do when a good reader is making sense of text? What are what are different behaviors that they you know that they utilize in order to to pull meaning from the text and that's where things like asking and answering questions, um, you know, retelling, summarizing, that's where those things came out, was they did studies on the things that good readers did. And you can still see remnants of that language in curriculum today, where it talks about what good readers do. When you see those words, it, it really is a remnant from the, that research in the 1980s. So the, the next, sort of the next step, well, so step one, what are the, what are the things that good readers do to make sense of text? The second step is, can we teach those things? Can we teach the things that good readers do to readers who are not quite as good as the good readers? Um, And the answer to that one was yes, that you can teach a poor reader to use some of the behaviors that good readers use. Uh, Things like summarizing, monitor, clarifying, and fix up, um, you know, inferencing, activating background knowledge, that sort of thing. So then part three of that research, so this is sort of the third wave, is, okay, if we teach the not-so-good readers to do the things that good readers do, will they become better readers? And the answer to that one was also yes. And so that's, that's really, hence, that's where strategy instruction research was born, was if we get readers to mimic the, mimic the behavior of expert readers, they will become better readers. And that is something that, that's borne out by the research. So if we if we fast forward from the 1980s, when this was getting all pieced together, let's, let's go to the year 2000 with a national reading panel. Um, Tim Shanahan talks about this in my episode with him um, back, it's like episode 20, uh, only a few episodes back, even though it was almost a year ago. I think it's around like the 50 minute mark, but he talks specifically a, a little bit about strategy instruction. What the the national reading panel found was uh, they reviewed over 200 studies and they determined that comprehension strategy instruction across these studies meta-analyzed was found to support student comprehension outcomes. Uh, There were 10 strategies in particular that they recommended and those 10 are question answering, question generation, story structure, graphic organizers, summarizing, retelling, monitoring, clarifying, and fixing up, visualization, activating prior knowledge, and predicting, and then the last one, was inferring. And so again, it might be good to go back to listen to um Tim Shanahan's episode on that. But the the crux of it is there is a really good research base for strategy instruction. That we should be teaching kids to that good readers they retell back parts of the text to them. That that good readers are able to look at a story structure. Or now more more currently we might talk also about informational text structure. And that when they understand something that they have strategies where they can go back and reread, uh, they can go a little bit slower, they can, you know, use a dictionary. So they, they have a repertoire of strategies that they can use to, in order to make sense of text. Um, so is that a component that we should be providing students support with? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think that is that is borne out well enough in the research that we can say pretty confidently that these are things that we want to teach our students. So there is the good. The good is that, yes, comprehension strategies work and we should be teaching our kids and that it's really an act of mimicry. It's we're trying to get them to mimic the behaviors that good readers do to internalize them themselves. And so if we're wanting them to mimic that, then naturally the, the other side of that is we must provide a model for it. So kind of a spinoff of that is um, out of the strategy instruction research was the module the model of gradual lease, the, the the gradual lease of responsibility by P. David Pearson uh, in the 1980s, where if we're trying to get readers to mimic the behavior of of good readers, of expert readers, these things that good readers do, we want we need to provide a model for it. So we model it first to provide the students something to mimic so that they can internalize it. So there's there's the good. Now let's get to the bad. And I say "bad" here in quotes because it's really not bad. It's more like complications or or challenges. Um, one of the main ones is that strategy instruction is hard to teach. Michael Presley has a really interesting string of studies in the early 1990s. Um, they were called like the Maryland Sail Studies. S S A I L, like in all capitals. And there's, I don't know, five or six or seven studies that sort of came out of that. And it was a a partnership with a, a school district in Maryland to um, teach strategy instruction. And they were using a specific flavor of it called transactional strategy instruction, which really was approaching it from the corner of when a good reader is reading a text, they're not just going to use one of those strategies. Like, it's not when I'm when I'm reading a, a text, I'm not only going to make inferences, and that's it. And that's how I make sense of it. But I'm I'm gonna be using lots of different strategies and I'm going to be using them strategically, right? Um, integrating them to be able to leverage meaning from from the text. And uh, so and, and that's what the research has also borne out, is is being able to teach sort of multiple strategies intertwined is more effective than teaching one strategy at a time. Um, and, and that's kind of where that, the theory that that research is based in is, is that good readers actually use multiple strategies to make sense of text. So one of the outcomes from these studies from Michael Presley in the early 1990s was that strategy instruction is really hard to teach. There was one specific one where they worked with teachers for, for two years, and it really took teachers about the full two years of working with it before the teachers felt really, really comfortable doing it. So why might you ask? Is strategy instruction tricky to teach? Um, well, from my from my experience and what I've read in some of the research, is that it's it's really so I, it's really easy to confuse what our actual goal is during strategy instruction, right? And, and even by the term, it's like we're talking about instructing students on how to use strategy. So that sort of inherently makes the strategy our target. So in other words, we're teaching kids how to make inferences. We're teaching students. Um, you know, how to ask questions, when really that's that's not quite the target we're looking for. Um, and this is slightly counterintuitive at first, but I, I think let it sit and it'll settle in. Our end goal, our end goal is to understand the text. That is goal number one. That is priority number one, is understanding the text. The strategies that we're using to get there are are they're just strategies it's like running a play with basketball it's a strategy to get to the to the end game of scoring a point to win the basketball game but just because you can run a pick and roll doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win win the ball game or that you can do lots of pick and rolls you you have to have a myriad of different types of plays and strategy in order to win the basketball game so i I know that example that metaphor will break down if you take it far enough so i'll just kind of end it there but the point is, is that the reason strategy instruction is hard to teach is because we're actually teaching kids to understand the text. That should be our proxy. Are they are they able to understand and talk about the text? And we're using these strategies as a way to get there. So if we just take the strategy as sort of a signpost, as, a, as sort of the end the end goal, that, okay, this is how I know if my lesson is successful, are strategy instructions going to not be as effective as it could be, and in my experience, I think it's going to feel a little hollow. Uh, let me provide an example. Sometimes, I, some practice I've seen that that I that that's that's fairly common is sometimes to teach text structure. What a teacher will do is provide lots of different texts that all have the same sort of text structure, or where the student is meant to identify the text structure. So the t- the teacher might go on like teacher pay teachers and get six or seven texts that are only a couple paragraphs and the students have to go and identify which text structure is is in the text. Uh, The problem with that though, is that yes, indeed, the kids might be able to find that, oh, this is a compare and contrast text or this is a problem solution text, but that's not really the goal. The goal is, can they understand the text? And so by doing that, rather than maybe focusing on one really rich text, They've watered down some instruction by providing like six or seven really short and really overly simplistic texts for the sake of trying to teach text structure. Whereas if we're working with a perhaps one single but richer text, we can use text structure in order to comprehend the text. Um, I get that 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 can be a little bit confusing, and I'm working on clarifying that a little bit better in conversations I have. So maybe next time we talk about it, I'll be able to articulate it a little bit clearer. But um, thinking about how to teach strategies, I think the point we should be starting from is we're using this to help the kids understand text. It's not inferencing that matters, it's the text. And we're going to use inferencing and retelling and monitor clearing and fixing up to f- to understand what's going on in the text. So that's that's most of the bad with it, is that it's hard to teach and that it's really easy to, to confuse what the actual outcome is. Now, here's where we get to the quote-unquote ugly. With strategy instruction, even just what I was talking about, there's a lot of nuance to it, where the strategy is just a milepost on the way to comprehension. And so we were using it to get to comprehension, but but it's not the end goal itself. One of the, I guess, the quote-unquote ugly parts of this is by making strategy instruction the outcome, in some cases... Um, instruction has sort of been uh, like content neutral where we're working with kids to identify main idea, to identify text structure, to ask and answer questions. But it's more for the sake of practicing these skills and strategies endlessly rather than building true knowledge or rather than necessarily answering or understanding a text. And so as the pendulum swings in education, there is a there is there are folks out there that are very vocal against strategy instruction one book that really aggressively speaks out against strategy instruction is the knowledge gap by natalie wexler and while i think she has some some really really on point ideas in that text i think there's i think there's some misguidance with the strategy instruction component where it, we don't have to have either or in in her t- in her book she's advocating that Really, our ELA time or our time to teach kids how to read should be about building knowledge. And yes, absolutely. But we don't have to sacrifice strategy instruction to get there. If we're doing strategy instruction right, we will be helping kids build understanding. But when we focus on just the strategy and stuff, when we sort of like remove the load, like we're, we're instead of doing a barbell press, uh, with, you know, with weights on it. We're just going through the motions as our strategy. Our strategy is our perfect form and we're removing all the weights off of it. We're really watering down what could be possible. So that would be my major critique of, of Natalie Wexler's work is we don't have to choose. Like we can use strategies in order to build the knowledge that that she is very fervent about. And I, and I agree, we should be. I just, I'm not so sure that she lays out a plan. Like she gives the answer, but she doesn't really lay out a plan really well of how we can get there. Uh relatedly, and Tim Shanahan talks about this um, several places on his blog and then also in the podcast episode he did with me, but that a lot of the research on strategy instruction, you know, took place over a, a relatively short period of like eight to twelve weeks, you know, like three months of a school year. And so what that was showing was that in, in as little as three months that we could, you know, help help poor readers mimic the behavior of good readers and make good readers mimic the behavior of expert readers. Um, but with curriculum, it's sort of in some cases, uh, with curriculum, um, that's sort of been applied with the whole, if a little bit is good, then a lot is better. And, th- and that's a dose thing where and where perhaps we don't need strategy instruction to be the core component of six or seven years of, of reading comprehension instruction for our students. It, that's not, that's not the only thing that matters. And so, while I don't necessarily think the opposite is true, I don't think like it's a one and done twelve week thing with our students. I think, as our students progress and we return, you know, and as they uh, you know encounter more complex texts and mature, that it could certainly be something that gets revisited uh, throughout throughout their education throughout you know every year. but i I don't think that i a super high dose of it is is truly necessary. Um, so that's one part where, Sort of that bridge from research to practice, uh, I think got twisted just just a little bit, and that's partly where I think Natalie Wexler is coming from, where um she's very reactionary to a lot of sort of the empty strategy instruction that's going on, but we we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater if if we just got rid of of every single uh, instructional practice that was good in research but being used ineffectively in classrooms. My hunch is that we'd end up with a pretty short list. I think, uh, you know, depending on where you're at, I think there's a lot of areas that we can grow in. That's some of the nuance around it, where it is hard to teach because it's easy to focus on the strategy rather than the end goal. Um, but at the same time, and and that and part of that, the the quote unquote bad part has led to some of the ugly of uh empty strategy instruction happening and then a counter movement against the empty strategy instruction. Where really, really, I think the pro-strategy instruction folks and the pro-knowledge folks, we're all on the same team here. And that is we want to build knowledge with our students. Uh, And I think that means we need to do strategy instruction better, where we're focusing on building knowledge that the text, and we're going to use these strategies as a vehicle, but also where where that's not the only trick in our tool belt, where we can maybe shrink the dosage of that a little bit and focus on how to really build knowledge with a text. And how might we do that, you ask? Well, I would say, go back listen to my last episode, and let's start by thinking about Kinch. Let's start by thinking about how comprehension happens with the brain, and that might give us a good place to start. So that is all I have for you today. This is the last part of that three-part series. I'm really great to be, the next episode, um, we'll be back to the regular interview format. I have an interview with Dr. Sarah Clark from uh, Brigham Young University who will be talking to us about integrating reading and writing with science instruction. So check it out. You won't want to miss it. Thank you very much for your continued support of the show. The number one thing you can do to help the show out is just to share it with a colleague. Send them an email and say, hey, this is a good episode. You might want to listen to it. And, and that would be doing me a tremendous favor. Thank you very much, and until next time, let's go and teach reading just a little bit better.